Good morning. I'm so glad to be back at UECP and uh, worship with you today. Uh, thank you, Deacon Ponson, for the kind introduction. Our text today is taken from the book of Acts, chapter 16, verses 6 to 34. However, because the passage is rather long, we will uh, limit the reading to just verse 9 of Acts 16. Let me just say that uh, I am not Bishop F. Tindero, as was previously announced to be your speaker today. He went to the United States uh, a week ago or so, and he got infected with COVID. And so he called me up and said if I can pitch in for him because he was hesitant and uh, uh, not sure if he, the airline would fly him back to Manila. But the Lord is good. He got healed. He's back in the Philippines. Anyway, Bishop Pindero is a classmate at the seminary and also the chairman of the board of Evangelism Explosion Philippines that I, that I, have, I am privileged to serve and work with, as mentioned, for many years. UECP is a part of our history because the very first implementation of EE in the country was held at UECP after Dr. Joseph Xiao came back from Texas and uh, was certified as a trainer with EE in a leadership clinic. And uh, through the years, I have been coming back. You have hosted leadership clinics. Anyway, going to the Word of God, the title of today's message is The Unrestricted Gospel. Unrestricted Gospel. Now, according to Oxford Languages, the word of the year for 2020, that was almost two years ago, is the word lockdown. The world was in lockdown, and uh, in some parts of the world, it still is. But in spite of this, it was reported that Global Outreach Days 2020 mobilized over 57 million Christians worldwide to reach 277 million with the gospel of salvation. Now, despite social distancing, due to COVID-19, Christians share the gospel digitally, by phone, by text, and through food and mask distributions, with Bible and tracts as personal evangelism. The gospel can be restricted by any pandemic or crisis, but it is the power of God unto salvation. And let me share with you from our passage today, 
some of the lessons that we learn on how the gospel should proceed. Let's commit this time to the Lord in prayer. Father, we are so grateful to you that we can already worship you, though we can do that at home, but now we have the face-to-face situation where for over two years we long for fellowshipping and worshiping together with one another. Thank you for your people at this church. We are waiting for you. Speak to us. Bless us for your glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, Acts 16 is the account of the second missionary journey of Apostle Paul and Silas that provides us powerful lessons in reaching our community and and the lost with the gospel. This is actually popularly known as the Macedonian call. But what is the Macedonian call? The Macedonian call, first of all, was revealed through a vision which is mentioned in verse 9. Verse 9 says, come over and help us. And then the following verse, verse 10, reveals that immediately after Paul had seen the vision, he and his companions left for Macedonia. They concluded that God had called them to preach the gospel to them. So in short, the Macedonian call is simply a call for help. A call for help. Verse 10 says, and we got ready to leave. Now what kind of help was being needed? It was a help or a call for help in the proclamation of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, I repeat, reaching the lost, reaching our communities with the gospel requires a few things. And this morning, let me discuss with you just three simple things as we study the word. Number one is teamwork. Teamwork. Verse 10b says, concluding that God has called us or had called us to preach the gospel to them. You know, they they huddled, they talked, they prayed, and then after that, they said, clearly, it is the Lord that's calling us. You see, the last sentence of verse 10 emphasizes that it was God who called Paul and his company to preach and share the gospel. The vision was a vision from God. It was God who called them to come in order to preach. The first point is teamwork. I wonder if we do realize that when we have a whole choir singing on this stage and one or two of the members of the choir would sing 
a rather different tune. The, the choir would be disorganized that way. Or how much value is there in the teamwork in a sports group? You see, it is very important that we have teamwork in sports. We increase cooperation. Each one understands the responsibility. They are encouraged and they support one another as teammates. And then there becomes some kind of a, a bonding and re, a reliance on each other. In the work of the ministry, we must have the same. One principle that I learned as I study these words is that preaching the gospel is a partnership between God and us. Preaching the gospel is God's work, and we can only do it if we are in God's team. You see, this is the same truth that's being stated in other passages of Scripture. For example, in John 20, 21, it says, As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. 1 Corinthians 3, 9 says, And we are God's fellow workers. Beloved, what are the implications? Number one, we do not do God's work our own way. We should be careful how to do it. And it is done and it must be done according to the standard and expectations of God. Number two, preaching and sharing the gospel of the Lord is the greatest that we can do here on earth. We are doing the work of God. In reality, God doesn't need any one of us for his work. Yet, he chooses us to be part of his team. As I contemplate on my coming retirement from the ministry of EE next year, being my 40th <clears throat> continuous year of ministry, I was asking the Lord, Lord, what one word should I thank you for? And the word opportunity is number one on the list. I thank God for the opportunity to serve him when I was young and to give the best years of my life up to where I am today. Are you in God's team? Oh, you may say, well, pastor, I am a member of UECP. Let me clarify first. One has to be a member of God's family first by personal faith in the Lord Jesus Christ 
alone. We need to transfer our trust, not in religion, not in denomination, not being a member of the church. In my own life, I grew up in a Protestant church, but it was only on my 18th year that I finally opened my life to the Lord Jesus Christ and submitted this life for his control. Letter B, teamwork between God and us, but also teamwork between God's people as fellow workers. You see, the, the vision was received only by the Apostle Paul, but eventually it involved his companions. Now, if you look at your Bibles, <clears throat> there is the, the word we, pronoun we, mentioned in verse 10. Now, who were the we? Or who were included in the we? It included Luke, the writer of Acts, Silas, and Timothy. So preaching the gospel, we can see, is a cooperative effort of God's people. We not only work together with God, but we also work together with each other. 1 Corinthians 3.9, as I mentioned earlier, further emphasizes the truth by declaring that we are God's fellow workers. And what are the implications? Number one, each of us has a unique role to play in the ministry. You are comfortably seated in probably the best upuan in the church in the world right now. But you have a role to play in the ministry. We value each other's contribution and role. No single individual can claim credit for the success of any spiritual mission. By the grace of God, we have covered almost the whole of the Philippines, but I cannot grab the credit because it was the work of God and because God sent people to work with me for many years. The harvest belongs both to the sower as much as to the reaper. You could be prayer partners. In EE, we have what we call, uh, if you are not the trainer, the, not the trainee, then you must have two prayer partners each. Then there are those who are what we call resource providers. Then we have what we call social media influencers. And then there are people from the church that gives names of people to be prayed for, and then a team will come and share the gospel with them. God's design that each of us will have to get involved. I miss the old ladies' fellowship whom they refer to as the EE fellowship here. 
I have not met them for over maybe three years. And I was looking for them. Uh, Reverend Willie Cheng said, oh, you may not meet them because it's only the English service that's, that's meeting face to face. But I value them because they pray, they go out, they share the gospel, they make disciples. Number two implication. We do not develop a sense of competition between fellow workers now and also with predecessors and successors. Each of us, if you have known Jesus in your lives, has an assigned task from him. And we are all part of each other's labor. Again, the question comes, are you part of the team already? If you are not yet, please don't remain a spectator. The second thing, the second main thing in our study today is, aside from teamwork, target area, verses 6 to 10. Verses 6 to 10. <clears throat> Verses 6 to 10 focuses on the geographical movements of Paul and Silas. And this covers the whole of Asia Minor. Well, I used to have a map on my PowerPoint, but I had it removed because you probably wouldn't be able to read. The letters are very small. In verse 6, now this will be very, very quick. Allow me to go through some five verses, but I'll do it very quickly. In verse 6, they were kept by the Spirit from preaching the word in Asia. In verse 7, the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to enter Bithynia. In verse 8, they passed by Mysia, and then they entered Troas. In verse 9, in Troas, Paul received a vision to go to Macedonia. Verse 10, from Troas, Paul and company responded to the vision of the Macedonian call in obedience to God. UECP here is not the only UECP church that I know because I travel all over the country. And the Lord had given me an opportunity to minister to some of the UECP branches in the country. You see, one thing that I noticed about where they are planted and positioned is that UECP is strategically located in key cities and provinces in the whole of the Philippines. And I was thinking last night, Lord, this must have been submitted to you in so much prayer. And it has been planned well. Congratulations, because you are reaching the whole Chinese community in the Philippines by the work that you have planted. 
few years back. Now, God puts us in a certain place at a certain time for a certain purpose. When I go to Makati from Pasig, where I live, sometimes I pass by that, uh, that road along Forbes Park, just wonder at, at the huge houses. One time I said, Lord, why am I not living in Forbes Park? I'm living in the poorest park of Pasig. Well, the Lord would gently remind and say, Bernard, I placed you in Pasig because you have a role to play in reaching your community with the gospel. You are where you are right now because God has placed you there. But have you asked the Lord, Lord, what is my role? Geography matters to God. And these changes of location on Paul's life was not haphazard. But they were, they were directed by God. Paul's life was marked by a series of divinely guided movements. And as believers, as Christians, we need to learn this principle. We do not exist in this world by our own will and for our own purpose. God puts us where we are for his purpose. If God allowed you to, to stay in Tundo, then so be faithful where God has planted you. Begin praying for your neighbors and your community. Beloved, another question. Where is your personal Macedonia? Where is UECP's Macedonia? Is it your family? Your own Jerusalem? Your parents, siblings, office mates? Where is your Macedonia? Let your be God opens and closes doors. Paul, twice Paul and company were forbidden. They were stopped to enter certain places because God had another plan. You see, this is a double prohibition, and, but it was followed by a one affirmation through a vision. You don't go there, you don't go there, but you go to Macedonia. God's guidance, beloved, <clears throat> includes both negative and positive circumstances. You've heard of the name David Livingstone. He tried to go to China, but God sent him to Africa instead. You heard of the name William Carey? He planned to Polynesia, but God guided him to India. Hudson Taylor went to India first and then to Burma or Myanmar. Beloved, you may have plans. You have pre prepared for it. You have prayed for it. But should the Lord put a stop, do not be prostrated with closed opportunities. We must learn 
to trust and rejoice in God, both for His restraints and His constraints. When some doors are closed, others are opened. When the Lord puts a stop, He may have other plans. The steps of the good man are ordered by the Lord. Let me add a little bit. The steps and the stops of the good man are ordered by the Lord. Is God opening a door for you in your community, in your neighborhood, in your offices, in your classrooms? Are you responding as Paul and his team did? If there is somebody that irritates you, for example, with the way that this person behaves, what is the first step? You go to the Lord in prayer. It might be that the Lord is going to use you to change him rather than be bitter against the Lord about the situation. Have you been in prayer, for example, for a specific loved one, a fellow worker? Should the Lord open the way? Is there a potential location, for example, where you're planning to hold your first tenth Bible study or discipleship class? The third main thing today <clears throat> Teamwork was the next target area, the next trustful obedience. Is the sermon very long already? I can stop here and come back next Sunday. Okay, I still have about 10 minutes. Trustful obedience. The furtherance of the gospel in Macedonia reveals Paul and his team's trust in the sovereignty of God, which includes the following, and there will be five short points. I'll make it quick. Are you ready? I know you want to go home already. Number one, Paul and his team preached the gospel, and it was God who convicted the hearts in verse 14, for example, it mentioned the name of a lady by the name of Lydia. The Lord opened Lydia's heart to respond to Paul's message. So it was the Lord that opened the heart of the lady. The saving initiative comes from God. Paul was sharing, but God was working through it. And I have heard thousands of testimonies of people, of thousands of people that we have trained, ordinary members of the church who would rather be shy, doesn't talk, but when they were trained how to share the gospel, they were even amazed that people will listen to them and respond positively to the gospel. One lesson here, beloved, is this. If you speak in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, God will bring 
conviction to the heart. We plant the seed, God makes it grow. I have seen it all these years. Have the truth of the gospel captivated our hearts that we can stop talking about it? Are we witnessing by and through the power of the Holy Spirit? Second of the five, they preached the gospel, God protected them. Now, if you have time later today, please read again Acts chapter 16 up to verse 34. You see, here, they went in the name of Christ. But there was a demon-possessed girl and stopped the evangelistic work. Okay, the Lord healed the demon-possessed and the Lord stopped the evangelistic work of Satan. Wow. May E.E. see Satan. In verse 17, the demon was engaged in evangelism. Surprising, huh? He was telling the truth about God, but sometimes the demon speaks the truth, but it is for evil purposes. To draw people to believe him or to discredit the gospel by associating it with the occult. In verse 18, Paul was troubled, rebuked the demon, and the evil spirit left her. Our ministry of preaching souls for Jesus, just a reminder, is a spiritual warfare. We are always confronted by the wiles of the adversary. And therefore, we need God's wisdom to safeguard his work from evil. Third of the five, they preached the gospel. God allowed persecution. Verse 25. Listen. There was persecution when they obeyed the Lord. Verse 19 says, Paul and Silas were seized and dragged to the marketplace they were brought to magistrates. Verse 22 to 24, they were attacked, they were stripped, they were beaten, severely plugged, and then they were finally thrown into prison. But listen to verse 25. In the midst of all the persecution and suffering, at about midnight, while in prison, <clears throat> Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Beloved, we, you and I, can be happy in the midst of difficulties. Amen? God allowed the persecution to take place for the furtherance of the gospel. Obedience to the call of God could mean persecution and hardships. But we can rejoice in the fact that He is going to be with us and He will see us through. That is more than enough to make us rejoice. Number four out of five, they preach the gospel, God took control. Verses 26 to 28. 
God shook the earth and threw a violent earthquake. Nature is under the control of God. And the earthquake shook the prison cell. And what happened? And all the prison doors were opened. And everybody's chains came loose. In the Philippines, when there is a breakout, and there would be cases of earthquakes, the prisoners would escape, just like the prisoners here. And then the prison guards will be promoted to become colonel. Beloved, Paul and Silas remained calm. They did not panic. They just entrusted the whole situation to the sovereign and mysterious ways of God. Lesson, God is in control of everything. God is not bound by nature or time or prison cell or chains or even pandemics or lockdowns. And then last of the five, they preached the gospel. God granted a gift of faith and repentance. Verse 29 to 33. Wow, when the jailer saw what happened, all others escaped except Paul and his team. The jailer realized the most important question. And he asked this question, what must I do to be saved? Beloved, I have heard the same question through various means of expressions. How can I have the Jesus that you have? What must I do to be saved? In verse 32, the jailer heard the most important message for the whole world to hear. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the message we have to carry. In verse 33 and 34, the jailer experienced the most wonderful life to live. The Bible expressed it this way. And the jailer was filled with joy. He was filled with joy only after he received the gift of eternal life in Jesus Christ. Your life and my life must be filled with joy, but only after Jesus has come into our life. As we end today's message, if we want the lost reached with the gospel, it requires teamwork, it requires target area. We need to be specific on, Lord, these are my neighbors, I want to reach them. And we need to step out in faith, in trustful obedience. This is the culmination of your missions month. I appreciate Pastor Brian's prayer earlier. But how can we be involved as he specified it? Number one, we can all pray to the same living God who hears and listens to us. Pray for your friends, your loved ones, your community. EE is one of the beneficiaries of the rich blessings from your giving.
And we are able to train more pastors, give scholarships, travel all over the country to remote places because the UECP Missions Board supports us regularly with the gift. Please pray and ask the Lord. Lord, I, I, I want to be involved. I want to share. And then lastly, Lord, I want to step out in trustful obedience. Please open the door for me. I want to serve you. Father, thank you for your word today. Bless it for your glory and honor in the hearts and in the lives of your people here. Thank you for this church. Thank you for her existence. Thank you for many who have already come and have been discipled and are now serving in the mission field because of the outreach of the United Evangelical Church of the Philippines. We love you, dear Lord. Allow us now to go home and serve you. In Jesus' name, amen.